Hey everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Good morning, church. Boy, it's good to see this house of the Lord filling up with worship. We, every week I'm seeing more and more faces of people who have been worshiping with us online. It's good to worship online, but it is good to be in the house, isn't it? And be with one another. There's, there's stuff that God does with us as we're together, united in one body, and the Spirit moves. It's just powerful. So, so good to see you. We're in our last Sunday of What David Knew. Uh, finding Jesus in the Psalms of David, and I'm going to read for you Psalm 103. Open to Psalm 103 in your Bibles. Navigate your way there. It's 22 verses, so lean in, hang in there. I'm going to read it in Hebrew, and then Latin, and then English, and then we'll have it. We'll have it surrounded. No, I'm just going to read it in English, but it's a pretty long one. And as we open to Psalm 103, let's open our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Because Lord, as we bow our heads over this page. It's our prayer that you would come by your Holy Spirit and speak your word into our hearts that we can be pulled towards you in faithfulness and obedience and even, even Lord, in your mercy, see the face of Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. The church said, Amen. Amen. Psalm 103 of David. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him and His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant. Remember to obey His precepts. The Lord has established His throne in heaven and His kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His bidding and obey His word. Praise the Lord, all His heavenly hosts, You, his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. This is God's word. We're grateful. Amen. 
What David knew is that God is a faithful redeemer. Uh, one of the privileges of being a pastor is those moments when um, I'm invited in to, to sit with, with someone in the, the final days of, of their life. And I've had, I've had precious moments, precious memories of sitting with people. And, and we've had times of, of looking back over life together. I've, I've prayed through confessions with people. We've talked uh, un, unfinished business and regrets and joys. We even sat together sometimes and dreamed about what it's going to be like when Jesus comes. As he said in John 14, I myself will come and take you to the place where I am. So what's that going to be like? It's a privileged place. It's a precious place. But one thing that has never happened to me up till now, one, one thing that, no one, that, that I've never heard anyone say in that moment, they've never pulled me close, tugged on my arm, and said, hey, Pastor Tim, when, when you gather all the people for the memorial service and it's my name on the bulletin and my picture on the front there, when they're all gathered up, this is what I want you to say to them. You tell them, I nailed it. <laughs> nailed it, man. I mean, I hit it out of the park, 100%, no errors. I, I, I had a good start, a great run, and I stuck the landing. You just tell them, I nailed it. Do you know that nobody has ever said that to me? Not in all my years of ministry. Maybe it's one of you. Is, is one of you kind of building that kind of a thing? Maybe. No. No matter how many years you've lived, is it, you know, you, 50, 40, 30, you could be 10 years old. Listen, you've got a few regrets. You've got a few things in your life that you wish you could go back and and redo. You ever write a, a really big kind of uh, project or manuscript or something in a Word document? And, and what you do is you save it in versions, right? You save version one, version two, version three. You set, why? Because I might mess up version five and then I need to go all the way, I want to go back to version two and start from there again, right? You know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden your whole hard drive is full. Um, sometimes there's things in our lives that we wish we could go back to the earlier version and start again. Try to cut it on a different tack. You know, go back five years, go back ten years. Maybe it's the whole parenting chapter. Maybe there are whole relationships in your life that are like this. You wish I could go back, start over, and maybe set some things right. Today we wrap up this series, What David Knew, Finding Jesus in the Psalms of David. And, and I think, see, I think we're at the end of, of David's life now. Psalm 103, we never know for sure. There's only a few psalms that actually tell us exactly when David wrote it. The rest of the time we're guessing. But I think David, I think this is the end of his life. I think he's looking back and he's, he's summing up his life and he seems very aware of his mortality. He's staring death in the face. Look at verse 13. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are what? We're dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it. It's gone. I mean, King David, all that I've accomplished, all that I've done, all that I've done up till now, 
at some moment it just, it's over. And its place remembers it no more. The little flower that budded up and it's gone, that little spot of dirt doesn't even remember it was there. And David knows on some level this is life. You're like a flower. You're like a mist that disappears in the morning. We're mortal. All of us friends have have been given a certain amount of days, and we don't know what that number is, but we know that it comes to an end. And if there's anything that we've learned this past year, it's that we're mortal, right? I mean, a, a global pandemic, and all of a sudden the entire world, every people, every nation, every language, has got to, at at one time, at one moment, come face to face with the fact that we're mortal, that our lives will come to an end, and that we're, we're like a flower in the field that gets blown away by the wind. We can't pretend that we're invincible. So David, what he's doing, David is summing things up here. He's, he's, uh, he's looking back in his life and what he sees as he looks back, what he needs as he looks back. And what the Spirit reveals to him about the character of God as he looks back is that David knows he needs a redeemer to, to restore, to reach back, to, to touch some things. He knows that God is a faithful redeemer. Verse 4, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. David knew God as a faithful redeemer. Faithful redeemer. Well, what's a redeemer? When do you use that word redeem? It's the last time you use that word. I mean, you redeem a, a gift card, right? Redeeming. You, redeem, you redeem your punch card at Josh and John's, don't you? You, you bring that straight over there. You redeem stuff means you kind of purchase it. You redeem a coupon, $5 off, Fargo's Pizza, right? Fargo's is back. Who's with me? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so it's, it's the language of the, of the marketplace, you see? It's a, it's a language of, of purchase, of, of, of bringing something back to value or validating something. And, and so if God is a redeemer, what that's saying is that God is, a, is someone who purchases he pays a price to make a claim on your life. He's, he's purchasing something. He's paying for something. He's, he's, he's buying something. And this says that God buys your life out of the pit. God redeems your life from the pit. And so when you look back on your life, you know, in your older years or any age really, but I think when we get older we really start to see this. You look back on your life and, and your years behind you and you say, I need a redeemer. I need a redeemer. There's a few things that I wish a redeemer could reach back and make different. Tomorrow is uh, Memorial Day. Anybody excited? Pools are open. Woo! You know? Pools are open, you dust off the golf clubs, the grill gets some fresh gas and all that stuff. And that's what's going on at my house. It's definitely what's going on at my house. But, but and then along the way, right, it's Memorial Day. And it's a day to, to remember those who gave their lives for our freedoms. And as they say, all sacrificed some, some sacrificed all. And it's that some gave all. It's that some sacrificed all. That's what we, we take a minute to remember. We remember. 
those who gave their lives for us and for our freedoms. And folks, in a, in a city like ours, in a town like Colorado Springs, where about one in five of us is either in the military and a family who's in the military or part of a veteran family. Uh, listen, in a city like ours, when we take that minute to remember, this is not something that we do just in the abstract. This is something that when we do, when we do this remembrance, hey, we've got names, we've got faces, we've got friends, family members, and we remember. Sometimes we quote that famous uh, Verse from John 15. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Right? So I think about that. I think about a soldier giving his or her life to serve others. What's the meaning of that? If I did that, if I did that for you, if I'm a soldier, I'm a police officer, I'm a firefighter, and I rushed into danger and I died to save your life, well, then I would be Remember, I would be remembered as a hero, right? Because I rushed in, I, I, I rushed into danger and I, I, would, I was killed. I died and my life, my life purchased something for you. And I'd be remembered as a hero, but not quite as a redeemer in the way that we're looking at in the scriptures today. I would be remembered as a hero. Why? Because by my sacrifice, I purchased the remaining future of your mortal life. Like, you might have died there, but I went in and I died, and now I purchased for you by my death whatever mortal life remains for you. Maybe it's 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I don't know. But that's what I've, I purchased. But what David is looking for and what the Scriptures are, are pointing toward and, and, and what, what, what David longs for is something more. Something who can redeem not only my future mortal life, but something that can redeem my past. Is there a redeemer that can not only save the rest of my days, but a redeemer that can save and redeem my past and and my present and my future days? Is there a redeemer that can keep my life through my mortal life, past death and into eternal life? Is Is there a redeemer like that? David needed a faithful redeemer. Verse 1. Say it with me, church. Praise the Lord, my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. So David says, is there a redeemer? He says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. His holy name. Now, what is God's holy name? You know, it's not just a surname. It's, it's God's reputation. It's who God is. It's who God has revealed Himself to be. You remember the story of Moses? Moses one time was keeping his flock up on the mountain and he saw over to the side, he saw a bush that was on fire. So he goes over and looks at it. The closer he gets, he realizes this bush is on fire, but the fire isn't eating up any of the bush. So I'm going to figure what, out what's going on. So he walks over toward this bush and what happens to Moses? He finds out, boom, I'm suddenly I'm speaking with the Lord. God is talking to me. And what does God say to Moses? He says, Moses, today is your lucky day. <laughs> what do you mean? I, have I got a job for you? I mean, have I got an opportunity for you today? Right? So what is it? Moses, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go from here, go back down to Egypt where you escaped, 
I want you to go back down to Egypt and you march right into Pharaoh's office and you pound on his desk and you say, you Pharaoh, you let all these Israelites go free. You let them go free. Moses says, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know. what does he, he actually says, okay, God, um, <clears throat> who can I say sent me? Right? Because if you're going into something like that, like you'd like to have somebody's business card, right? Who, who can I say, is there a name that I could use? Is there maybe a reference with a phone number that I could say, call that guy, you know? And what does God say to him? What name should I give them, Moses said. Who should I say send me? Well, this is what God said, Exodus 3.14. God said to Moses, what? I am who I am. I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am. Now that, that phrase, I am, that's where we get the, the word Yahweh, but it's not a name like we think of names. What it is, is it's a disclosure of who God is, God's character. I am, and I am for you. Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will, what's that word? Redeem you with an outstretched arm and with a mighty act of judgment. There's that word, redeem, redeem. I will do it, says God. I will redeem you. I myself, with my outstretched arm, I will purchase and pay and redeem your life. I will do it. That's who I am. It's my name. Praise His holy name. Redeemers show up again and again in the Old Testament. In fact, it was kind of a known idea. They called it the kinsman redeemer or a distant relative redeemer. Sometimes it was somebody that you didn't even know you were related to. The kinsman redeemer. See, well, here's what you got to imagine. Imagine there's no, there's no social safety net at this time, right? So you're going through life and, and maybe you, uh, your business goes bad, your house burns down, you spend all your money on doctors, whatever else, and now, and now you're stuck. I mean, you're stuck. There's no social security coming. There's no welfare. There's no, there's no insurance payment about to come your way. You're stuck. Unless a kinsman redeemer comes to help you out. You know, like when someone got in, in such debt and they were so stuck, and then, you know, they would, do, they would throw you in debtor's prison. Have you ever heard of that? Which doesn't make any sense at all, right? Like, you owe me a lot of money. Well, I don't have any money. Well, then go sit in prison. Until you pay me all the money that you owe me. Well, that's not going to do anything, is it? But what they'd do is they'd throw you in debtor's prison, then they would go find your kinsman redeemer. Because in the ancient world, if you were related, even a distant relative, you had a cultural and a moral obligation to come and to pay what you could and to set that person free. God says, I will redeem. I will come with my outstretched arm, and I will be your redeemer. I will pay the price and set you free. 
That's my name. Praise his holy name. So to praise and honor the holy name of God, the character of God, you've got to do two things. One, you've got to remember what God has done. And two, you've got to trust in what God will do. Look at this now. Verse 2, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Remember what he's done. And we get a list now, don't we? A catalog. Well, I don't want to forget. Well, what are they? Well, here we get a little catalog. Who forgives all your sins. God forgives all your sins. See, David knew that forgiveness of sins is not a once and done thing. He was smart enough to know, having been forgiven of my sins yesterday, I'm going to need to be forgiven of my sins today. And I'm going to need to be forgiven of my sins tomorrow. God forgives all my sins, past, present, future. He forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. God heals. Do you feel life being restored? God heals. He's a healer with him as life. And sometimes that healing comes within and before the end of our mortal life. And some of you know Sometimes that healing comes after this mortal life has passed. But with God, there is healing. There is healing. God heals. And now we come to verse 4. Hey, this is our key verse. This is the verse I want dripping from your lips, church. Say this verse with me. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. So we know what redeeming is. We know that God is a redeemer. We know what it means for him to redeem. God purchases your life. He purchases your life. He makes a claim. He buys your life. In one way or another, he redeems your life. And he redeems it from, from where? From the pit. Friends, the pit is not where you want to be. Okay? And some of you have been there. The pit, what is the pit? The pit of despair, the pit of self-destruction, the pit of, of Sheol, the pit. Friends, this is the pit of hell. And, and to be honest, you've tasted of it. And God purchases you from the pit. What does that mean? That means that in some way or other, that pit had a claim on your life, and God paid to get you out of that claim. He purchases your life from the pit. But then God doesn't just leave it there. So imagine that you are one of these people, you've gotten stuck and you're out of money and your landlord's coming and you can't pay your rent and everything bad is about to happen in your life and God shows up and says, how much is the debt? And he goes, okay, it's this much. Okay, I'll pay that debt. I'll pay it off. Okay, now you're even. You're even. You're at zero, right? It doesn't end there. Look at the back half. What does God do? And he crowns you. Having set you free from the pit, sets a crown on your head. He crowns you with love. And not just any love. This is God's characteristic, faithful love. This is God's uh, never-ending, unshakable, unfailing love. A love that God has for you that He will continue to have for you no matter what you do, no matter where you go. This is God's crowning love and He sets it on your head. He says, wear that. And he crowns you with love and with compassion, with, with understanding, with mercy. He crowns you, friends, with, 
with his grace just glimmering off the top of your head. He crowns you. And that's not all. Verse 5. Who satisfies your desires with good things. So your youth is renewed like the eagles. God satisfies your desires. Church, how many... uh, unnatural desires, how many disordered desires, how many useless desires burn through your life. We develop such desires. A friend of mine said useless desires this week. He said, trying to satisfy desires like that, it's like stuffing fistfuls of salt into your mouth when you're dying of thirst. Useless desires. This says God satisfies your desires. God pours out his Holy Spirit, friends, into your life and he changes your desires. He changes what you want. And then he satisfies those desires. He fulfills them. Proverbs 13 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a, is a, what, say this with me? A tree of life. Friends, it's this tree of life welling up within you. God actually satisfies your desires. And it goes on from there that God works justice and righteousness for all the oppressed. And he reveals his ways to Moses and all the people he walks with them through all this, this ups and downs. But the most critical thing that David returns to is the forgiveness. Verse 10, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities, but as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. God forgives our sins. He's a faithful redeemer. But how does he do that? John Stott wrote, Because our evil is so deeply entrenched within us, self-salvation is impossible. So our most urgent need is redemption for someone to come save. can't save myself. That is to say, a new beginning in life, which offers us both a cleansing from the pollution of sin and a new heart, even a new creation with new perspectives, new ambitions, new powers. See, we need redemption, he says. We We need someone to intervene and to save. And redemption is possible. Stock goes on, and such redemption is possible. No human being is irredeemable. For God came after us in Jesus Christ and pursued us even to the desolate agony of the cross where he took our place, bore our sin, died our death in order that we might be forgiven. Then he rose, ascended, and sent the Holy Spirit who is able to enter our personality and change us from within. And here's my favorite line, why I read you such a long quote. If there is any better news for the human race than this, (laughs) I've never heard it. This is the good news of redemption in Jesus Christ. In Christ, God is our faithful Redeemer. What did David know? David knew, friends, beyond all human capacity for knowing. What did David know? If you go back through the whole series, David knew, David knew that God is a shepherd. 
David knew that God is creator. David knew that God is justice maker. David knew that God is a guide and that God is a forgiver. David knew God is a savior. And David knew God is faithful redeemer. Beyond all capacity, all natural capacity for human knowledge, David knew that God is all these different things, all these different characteristics. All these things God is that we see in the face of Jesus Christ. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not His benefits. Why? What did He do? He forgives all my sins. How? In Jesus Christ. Jesus becomes sin so that you and I can become the righteousness of God in Him. Who heals all our diseases. How? Jesus takes on the curse and the poison. He becomes disease. That you and I can be whole and well and know life. He works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. How? Jesus becomes the oppressed one so that you and I can walk forward in justice and righteousness and peace with God. Do you see, this is how the payment is made. This is how the redemption is wrought. This is how the price is paid. God said, I will redeem you with my own right arm. And his arm comes, and it's Jesus Christ. For you know, Peter said to his church, that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were, what? Redeemed. That you were purchased from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. You were redeemed from the pit, the empty pit, that way of life that you learned, that you picked up from your ancestors. It's, and it's, it's not their fault. It's not your parents' fault. It's not... You picked it up, and you bought the lie, and you swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. And as soon as the hook set in, you knew, oh, this way of life, it's meaningless, it's purposeless, it's painful. And God redeemed you from it. He redeemed you out of the pit and out of that way of life and out of that emptiness and out of that meaninglessness and out of that despair. He redeemed you from the pit. And what did He pay? It wasn't silver and gold. He redeemed you with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Jesus is your faithful Redeemer. And He doesn't just save the future of your mortal life, you know, like a hero who dies for you in battle. No. Jesus is more than that. Only Jesus, only Jesus can redeem your whole life, the whole thing. He can reach back into the past and in His hands the story changes. Because he's redeemed. And he can reach into your present. He can change your heart, your desires, your passions. And he can fulfill. 
and he reaches and he holds you through your future life and through your future mortal life until your last breath and he keeps your life and he carries you through all the way into the eternal life that he has won. That's our Jesus. God in Jesus Christ is your faithful redeemer and that's what David knew. Do you know it? For Jesus, we thank you that you that you are the one who stepped forward and looked upon our whole lives from beginning to end and back to front. And when the cost was counted, you said, I'll pay it. I'll pay it all. I'll pay every bit. And you poured out your life. You poured out your blood for us on the cross that we would not die, but that we would live, that we would be purchased by your holy blood, purchased by your life, out of the pit and into eternal life. And so, Jesus, we reach out to you and, and we pray that you would give us the faith and courage to step forward with you, knowing that as you rose from the dead and you broke off the chains of death and you walked into the glorious eternal life that you had won, that all who call on your name and all who would walk in your train, all who would join the parade and sing the song to the glory of your holy name, all will be saved and redeemed who would call on you. So we call on you, Jesus, with thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.